Welcome to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. This is Diane Estabrook, staff writer for McKnight's Home Care Daily. Value-based care, a payment model that rewards providers based on patient outcomes versus the amount of care they provide, appears to be the future of healthcare. But getting payers, providers, and patients on the same page under this model will be a challenge, according to Kevin Henning, MD, Chief Medical Officer for home health firm Alara Caring. I recently spoke to Henning, who joined Alara Caring earlier this year. We started our conversation talking about the opportunities for home health and hospice agencies under value-based care. Most of this care is still in a fee-for-service model, um, you know, where uh, sometimes you know the interests of payers and providers and patients don't always seem to align, and so that so that sometimes you know there's the impression that. That all it's only about more care, and I, and I, I, I do think there's a great opportunity to to continue to move to value-based care, where you know where the provider is accountable for outcomes, uh, to to be sure that we help patients, you know, meet their goals of care um, as efficiently as possible and as much as possible in the home. You mentioned that sometimes the interests of the patient the provider and the payer don't align. How can you move in that direction and how can you better align those interests? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, at first glance, that it often appears to be the case. Um, we know that we know that patients want to go home. They, they almost always prefer to be at home. And they also prefer typically as much care as possible. You know, patients, um, you know, want to get better. Uh, they want rehab. They want specialized care. They 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 want more care, um, and uh, that often you know sort of puts them at odds, you know, with payers. And I I think if we concentrate on uh, elucidating patients' goals of care, um, thinking about and helping them understand their prognosis, uh, putting that together with what their goals are. Then, then we can then we can easily, much more easily, move toward efficient, value-based care where where we're really concentrating on outcomes and not necessarily on volume, and and that's where we're moving at Alara Caring. So it sounds a little bit like it's having a care plan and a lot of good communication between the home health provider and the patient. Yeah, n- n- no doubt about it, and and that communication needs. I mean, it needs to be sophisticated. Um, it is increasingly clear that clinicians uh, need to be trained to to have solid conversations with patients and families to to really help patients express their goals uh, and and to hear them and and to and to help them through you know some of the emotional challenges that are associated with serious illness. Um, and, and so, yeah, communication is key and the quality of communication is critical, especially when patients are seriously ill. They're, you know, they're vulnerable. They're, they're dealing with changes in their condition, with their function. And, and, and we need clinicians who care for them to, to be skilled in some of those difficult conversations. 
As a clinician, where do you see the biggest inefficiency in home health care that lead to poor outcomes? Um, and then potentially patients having having to either return to the hospital or just go to the hospital? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it You know, we talked about how patients, they prefer to be at home almost always. You know, there's very rare, rare that a patient would prefer to be in a facility or an institution. The trouble is... Um, the big difference, of course, between institutionalized care and being at home is the challenge of 24-hour caregiving. Um, it's, it's very difficult to provide um, care 24 hours, let alone you know, specialized professional care. And so that's one of the biggest challenges with providing care at home is those long nights and long weekends um, you know, when the patient may not have as, as many resources at their, at their hands as they would like. And so home caregivers... Um, need to be as efficient as possible. You know, we're never going to solve that problem. Um, you know, the, you know we're, we're not going to be able to recreate a hospital or a nursing home at home. But if we can be efficient, um, if we can uh, communicate well, if we can use um, virtual care, um, remote patient monitoring, uh, that can start to bridge the gap between, you know, institutional facility-based care and home care. And I'm glad you brought up technology because that's becoming really the buzzword in this industry. Um, are there still barriers um, with patients either not wanting to use technology or difficulties within an agency deploying the technology? Yeah, it, it is true that, you know, sometimes I think we, 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 we are too quick to assume we can solve every problem with another app or another device or piece of technology. Um, technology will, will always be, uh, you know, adjunctive. It's not going to replace um, in-person face-to-face care. So we don't want to assume that technology is the only answer, you know, like anything else, it's a tool and you need to integrate the tool into the context of the, of the overall care plan and, and integrate these tools into virtual, uh, or excuse me, you know, into, into in-person care. One of the, you know, certainly there, we remain challenged a little bit by the tools. You know, some elderly people are not comfortable, you know, with, with, with some of this technology. Um, although I will say that's changed a lot in the last few years with the pandemic, we're seeing more and more, it's becoming easier and easier you know, to use tablets and to use video interactive technology uh, in the home because people have, have had to do it with their loved ones. Um, and so it, I think we're moving in the right direction where it's becoming easier to deploy technology. Um, people are becoming more familiar with it, but it, it, we have to recognize that it's a tool, uh, part of the overall uh, care plan that the team develops. Gotcha. And and I'm assuming that it's an important tool because we hear over and over again about the labor shortage. Um, what are you experiencing at Alara Caring? It, it, it is a challenge, labor everywhere, from, from nurses, you know, skilled nurses, uh, professional nurses, to, to you know, unskilled personal caregivers. Um, it, it, it's hard to find people uh, sometimes who... Who, who want to make a career of going into the home. Um, it, it is a big challenge. Wages are increasing uh, and they've, they've got a lot of other options. Um, and so what we're doing at LR Caring is to use technology to try to make their jobs as easy as possible. Um, you know, we're, we're trying 
putting a lot of effort and energy into reducing documentation time, you know, making it, it easier for the caregiver to actually provide care and not spend so much time you know, filling out the medical record either in the home or, or worse yet at night in their own home, which is a common problem in this industry. Uh, so we're, we're using technology to make the, you know, make providing the care more efficient so that people who really want to do this can, you know, spend time with seriously ill patients and not spend time in, in front of computers. Um, you know, the second thing we're doing is, is trying to make the whole process easier uh, where our personal caregivers will, we're actually trying to sort of Uberize connecting their availability with our needs for patients who are in the home um, so that it's, it's simpler and easier to be assigned a, a, new, a new care, a, a new patient in our personal care uh, uh, services um, business. So, so we need to make it easier so that, so that caregivers can actually do, you know, hands-on, one-on-one care that they want to perform. And I have to think that that helps mitigate burnout for some of these people. Correct. No, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, really, the burnout is not from, uh, not typically, you know, from caring for patients. The burnout is from spending your evenings and weekends uh, doing your charting. And so we are laser focused on reducing that uh, issue amongst our caregivers. Alara Caring offers a number of services: home health, behavioral health, palliative care. Now, not every Patient obviously needs all three, but how important is it for an agency like yourself or a company like yourself to offer all those services? I, I think it, it, it is critical because of the fact that seriously ill patients uh, begin to have changes in their goals that are a function of their changing condition and their changing prognosis. So, um, you know, patients may, uh, you know, get sick, be acutely ill, hospitalized, you know, they may do, do fairly well, um, you know, with rehab, may be able to have uh, home health care and avoid a nursing home altogether um, and do well for quite some time. But of course, with time, chronic illnesses develop, you know, functional status declines, debility increases, and the patient's condition and prognosis starts to change. And so as a home health care provider, a home care provider, we need to recognize that. We need our clinicians to be able to understand uh, when prognoses change, work with patients and families to help them understand that, then understand their goals of care and provide them the, the care that, that best fits their situation. We've been hearing a lot about an increased demand in behavioral health. Um, are you seeing that on your end, that, that 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 service is something that is becoming more and more in demand from your clients? Definitely. Um, you, know, not, you know, not only, of course, do young people have uh, chronic mental health issues, um, and, and, and as a society, you know, we have, by and large, you know, deinstitutionalized um, patients with mental health problems, they're they're almost always cared for in their homes now, um, a, a, a significant change from, from decades ago. But of course, older patients um, with dementia and, and other forms of cognitive impairment, you know, begin to have behavioral issues. Um, you know, they become agitation and, and, and irritability that it can be very difficult on, 
on family members. And so we need our caregivers to be skilled in how to respond to that challenge. Um, so it's at both ends of the age spectrum, the young and the old. Uh, very common problem nowadays, yes. We're seeing a lot more healthcare moving into the home. We've got hospital at home, the waiver program that began during uh, the beginning of the pandemic. Dialysis is moving into the home. Even oncology has been moving into the home. What opportunities are there for home health firms? And and will there be a need um, if you're a home health agency that you might be able to take advantage of this to train up your staff for those opportunities? Yeah, I, definitely there is. And I think the way we think about this is we need to move beyond the traditional Medicare skilled home health benefit that is defined by, you know, a homebound status and a need for skilled care, either nursing or physical therapy. And we need to instead think much more about how do you care for seriously ill patients of all types, which and it may look different than the traditional you know, fee-for-service home health benefit. Um, instead, you know, wait, again, we're going to, we may add uh, virtual care. We may add, you know, remote patient monitoring. Uh, we need people to help uh, people transition, you know, from one service to another and just think differently about the type of service we provide. And we're eager to do that. Uh, we're aggressively pursuing value-based arrangements so that we can, we can uh, 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 modify the type of home care that we deliver in order to meet the needs of the patient and the payer. Does there need to be more training? Should there be more training being done right now in nursing schools and even in medical schools to train like the next generation of clinicians to go into the home? Is that being done enough right now, do you think? You know, pro- probably not. Uh, I think, and I think it. I think it. Yes, I think we need more nurses and more physicians being willing to go to the home. Um, you know, m- many many new trainees are interested in the high tech. Um, you know, sort of sort of sexy part of medicine: the emergency room, the ICU, the exciting. Um, uh, areas of medicine where you're working with specialists and equipment and and technology and it's hard to find people who are interested in in kind of being out there on their own away from you know some of that um intensive care that is available in sophisticated hospitals um so yes we need we need nurses uh, who, are, who are willing and interested in caring for people in the home um uh, um Non-physician clinicians can be a huge benefit to people in the home and physicians for that matter. You know, the, the challenge is it's, it's always going to be decentralized, it, you know, and that's hard. It, it, it's very difficult to be as efficient when you're driving from one place to another. Um, and so that's where relationships with payers come in to help us navigate that challenge. But yeah, we need clinicians who are interested in going in the home. Um, the great thing is once they do it, many clinicians are surprised at how gratifying it is, you know, the, the, you know to be in, in the home and, and, and see patients in their own environment and see the challenges they face, face you know, to look in their medicine cabinet and, and see what that looks like, to see what kind of food they're eating and to what extent do they have help bathing and 
dressing and lawn, you know, the laundry and all of that, it can be very gratifying if you're allowed the time uh, and, and the ability to see people in their own home. And you talk about seeing people in their home, own home, and, and that gives you, I think, probably a better window into social determinants of health, which are becoming more and more important in healthcare, correct? Oh, so much. Absolutely. We know, um, you know, m- multiple studies find that, you know, readmission rates increase, uh, you know, when patients lack some of the basic uh, necessities, you know, when they have housing insecurity, when they have food insecurity, uh, when they have trouble with, um, uh, you know, with with healthcare literacy and understanding your instructions, you even understand the very basics about their illness, um, and and you can assess that in in a hospital or 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 a nursing home, but you really understand it when you go to the home. You, and you can see, like I mentioned, that the challenges that they have, it's all of a sudden clear to you why they're not taking their medication when they have no idea what it's for and, and it's stored in a weird way or, you know, there's so much you can learn. You know, the challenge is, is, is fixing that, you know, that it's, you know, that, that, that's going to remain a, a, a real um, difficult challenge for our society you know, you know, home insecurity, food insecurity, literacy, but at least getting in the home, you can, you can, you're a lot better off, go a lot, a lot farther in recognizing the challenges. Absolutely. Dr. Kevin Henning from Alara Caring. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in home care news, visit McKnight'sHomeCare.com.